visiting. Well, Mr. Carr's in here. All the uh, all the car dealers, the the uh, titans of the industry have shown up here, and so we're having a really nice time out here. And they're doing a great thing, and they're they're cooking steaks uh, and 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 serving, and so. The mill starts tonight at uh, 5 o'clock. The buyer's dinner begins at 5, and then, of course, the uh, champions is 6.30. All right, we do have Curtis Quillen, chilling with Quillen. Uh, Curtis, thank you for taking a quick break. Um, first of all, I would I would take a full-time break away from doing some drywall work. Or, are you doing some home <laughs> improvements, and have you recruited some family members for this? Uh, I am, and I have. Uh, my my family's been helping me with a lot of renovations on the house, and uh, I've owned it for a few years. It was a little bit of a fixer-upper, and so we're, we've been doing some improvements, just trying to capitalize on a, on a day off since I'm working Sunday because we've got the Super Bowl on uh, on Six News and uh, taking uh, taking some time. My dad came up from San Antonio last night, and he's helping me with some stuff on the house, and so uh, he let me. Uh, he, he let me get away for a few minutes and he can handle it by himself so that I could uh, hang out with you, my man. Well, if, he, if he'll just continue to cover for you, I'd like you to come out to this livestock show. Uh, there's a lot of good things happening. In fact, I'm, they're, they're already grilling some steaks. They've, they've kind of done all the prep work. Uh, and uh, there's, I think there's going to be potato involved. There appears to be some uh, cold ones involved when I kind of snuck back there to take a peek at what some of the preparation work that was uh, happening. So if you get a minute tonight, Curtis, we'd love to. Did you ever participate or uh, or attend a livestock show growing up in South Texas? I did not participate, but, I mean, I frequented the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo whenever I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then our school district went in, there in Floresville, which shut down the day of the uh, – the biggest day of the county stock show there in Wilson County, because one, the show barn's right across the street from the campus, uh, or at least from the gym, and two, um, about half of the town, maybe half the county, was involved in the, in the Wilson County Livestock Show, and so uh, it was a lot, stock shows were a big part of uh, the culture where I grew up, and I I appreciate everything that goes into it. Some of the stories that my uh, basketball teammates had, I mean. We'd have 6 a.m. practice. They'd have to get up at 4.30, feed the animals real quick, and then go to practice. Or they'd have first period off afterward. And, you know, yeah. we'd get off the court probably about 8 o'clock, and they'd run home real quick, feed the animals, come back to school. And so there's a lot of work that goes into that, and I have a definite appreciation for it. I was not personally involved in it. Uh, yeah. I some horses, though, when I was a kid. My brother loved horses, had a couple of horses for a few years, but he didn't show them. Yeah, no, this is uh, the, the horses will not be involved this evening, but there will be uh, uh, swine, sheep, goats, turkeys, broilers, rabbits, steers, and some heifers are going to be uh, are going to be involved. Ooh. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a, it's gonna be a big, big show out here. We're having a good time. I even put a pair of boots on, Curtis. You'd be very impressed with that uh, to kind of show wow. off my Kaufman my Kaufman County heritage. I come from a rodeo town. I'm not much of a rodeo guy, but I do come from a rodeo town. Uh, Now, Curtis Quillen, um, we've got a lot going on right now, and one of the great things that Channel 6 does, uh, you guys uh, do a tremendous job of showing some of these Friday night, Tuesday night ball games. Uh, This is kind of getting, starting to get toward, like there's a game even up in the Metroplex I was hearing about that was just an unreal matchup tonight. Any anything uh, any matchups that you're particularly interested in, and uh, where will your cameras be uh, 
be be trained here in the next couple of weeks. Nikki is holding down the fort for me tonight, and I believe yeah. she is going to run up to Troy tonight. There is a play-in game. I'm actually scrolling on my own Twitter feed because as you're asking me the question, the school's playing, and it completely slipped my mind. That's okay. Uh, Eddie and Chilton, a 2A girls district tiebreaker. Mm. Um, winner, winner gets Marlin in the by district, and so that one's uh, tonight in Troy. And that's a that's a really good game. You know, the most interesting games right now are going to be on the girls' side because, you know, the regular season's over. And so now you've got teams playing for playoff spots or playing for playoff seeding. And so you're going to have some yeah. game playoffs here tonight and tomorrow. Uh, I know Lake Belton is in one with Taylor. I, wonder, I know uh, Coach Cope told me that was going to be tomorrow. I haven't seen the exact tip panel yet and uh, where they're going to play that one, but – uh, some playoff playing games, and then you know Monday we get started with uh, with, with the uh, girls basketball playoffs. All right, yeah, they, they, I love the playoff time. And uh, Curtis, you you and I both been to the uh, boys and girls uh, state basketball tournaments. I think that's one of the great things uh, you can do if people haven't done that. I got always used to going to it at the Irwin Center. I know they've uh, had it maybe in your neck of the woods in in past years as well and uh they even because of covid they did some semifinals last year they had some semifinals right right there in the dallas area so it was really interesting hopefully they'll kind of get back to normal talking to curtis quillen and uh talking about the local uh high school basketball scene and kind of what's going on with that y'all have also done a good job kind of keeping up with uh what Mary Harden Baylor's doing. I heard from Coach Moorfield recently and I like some of the things going on with them. Tomorrow the Longhorns come in to, speaking of steers and heifers and all that, uh, Longhorns arrive at the Farrell Center. And that's an 11 a.m. tip. Love a good 11 a.m. tip because you get to see the game and you have the rest of the day, all of that. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be, you know, wherever they park us in the media, I'm going to be, I'll be there perched, ready to watch this thing. This is, I think, a great matchup because Texas uh, Curtis has got its feet back under them. They had that great win uh, at home against Kansas. They got the fans behind them. I think they're, they're they're playing with a lot more confidence. And then some of these guys that were supposed to be really good, like Timmy Allen, are starting to break up uh, break out a little bit. Uh, to me, this feels like uh, just a tremendous Big Twelve matchup. How do you see this one? This is a really kind of a, one of those old-school Baylor and Texas Tech matchups because uh, I went down and watched uh, Oklahoma State and Texas a few weeks ago just as a fan with the fiancé. And, uh, man, Texas looks a lot like the old Texas Tech teams just with, I don't want to say better players, but more of a, uh, like a probably better prospects on the floor is a, is a way of saying And Timmy Allen's one of them. Um, but, man, this is such a really cool matchup. And you mentioned that it, this is kind of like an old-school Big 12. I mean, this is a surging Texas team, Matt. This is a Texas team that's been playing really, uh, really good basketball as of late. Um, the Longhorns have kind of been – the Longhorns, it, it was funny. You know, a few weeks ago, the only way they got a quad one win was by losing to Kansas State because that bumped the Wildcats up enough, uh, I think, the 75 in the net. And so that win that Texas had in – Manhattan counted as a quad one win at that point. Uh, but now, you know, winners of five of their last six, including a, uh, a win over a decent Tennessee team and an Iowa State team and a win over Kansas at home. And so this is a Texas team that's really kind of finding its way. And Baylor's just 
it, it's not necessarily anything the Bears are doing. It's that the injury bug has hit them so hard this season, uh, relatively compared to uh, the last two seasons, that, you know, what version of the Bears are they going to get? Uh, LJ Cryer's missed, what, four straight now? And you have to, he's missed enough that you start wondering if and when they're going to get Cryer back. And so that's really kind of one the key to this for the Bears for me is what's the lineup going to look like? Are they going to have everybody except yeah. Cryer? Because if they have, you know, if they're missing too many pieces, I mean, we've seen what happens when they're just riddled with injuries. Uh, that said, Baylor won a game with, what, two scholarship guards available against West Virginia? And so it, I, think, I think Baylor's injury situation is going to play into this game a lot more than people are thinking, and I think it's going to be that way for the Bears through the rest of the regular season. Uh, you look at the stretch, there's no gimme games on here. Texas at Tech, TCU at OSU, Kansas, Texas, Iowa State. Baylor does not have a single gimme game um, on, on the schedule left, and I think Scott Drew would go, go as far as to say that if you don't get those in the Big 12, um, and so, you know, that injury situation is going to uh, have a massive, massive hand in the Bears' fate. But I think, I, think they have what it, I think they have the pieces to beat Texas. Uh, I think Texas is just a little bit too inconsistent for my taste, but, you know, to each his own. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, I, I I think the thing about Texas is they used to have unbelievable. Uh, they had unbelievable guards and uh, for years, and they just don't have like that dump that really you go okay, that's their point guard. I mean, they used to have that. I mean, even going back to T.J. Ford, Wrencher before that, and and uh, Carr's an old, Carr's a pretty good player. You can tell. He's just not totally – he's been up and down. And then the other night, Ramey played his tail off. I mean, he really – to me, he and, and Andrew Jones are more like spot-up type shooters. And so – but I, I did think Ramey played really well the other night. Bears have their work cut out for them. Uh, I, I, interesting – I'll give you a little tidbit that I found out is that um, uh, Coach Brooks would do the scouts on, um, on tech – and, and I think maybe that was because he kind of uh, had a, you know, had, had had known Beard and sort of known that staff for a long time. And so he's continued now. He does the scout on Texas. And so that'll be kind of interesting as you kind of start to look at some of the inside stuff on the on the teams. Now, Curtis, the women, uh, what a what a whipping they put on. I mean, they lost to that K-State team. And, of course, the. The uh, K-State star player got into foul trouble. She scored 61 in a game against OU only about three or four weeks ago. And then uh, it's held to like eight points because she got in foul trouble against the the Bears. But uh, it does seem like, Curtis, from what I can tell, the, the, the women's program, things have kind of settled down. Uh, they obviously know where to go at, at crunch time. I think that loss uh, to OU could have sunk them. Or it could have; they could have used it as sort of a, a launching pad. And fortunately, I think it's the latter. And I would say I would say the same, especially given everything that we've seen this season. I mean, I think that some of the chatter about is this going to work it was a little premature because this is hands down the best Big Twelve I've ever seen in women's basketball. And I'm not speaking in hyper and I hyperbole when I say that. Like that. I'm being very transparent. This is the best I've ever seen the Big 12 in women's basketball. And it just, it's the perfect disaster in that it's 
the first year after a Hall of Fame coach leaves. And so no matter who the head coach of the Baylor women's program is going to be, I mean, this is, this is the conference is better than it's ever been. And I think OU is the perfect encapsulation of that. And I think it proves that, you know, the women's game is going more toward the men's game in the fact that matchups are starting to matter more. Because Oklahoma struggled against Kansas State a lot more than Baylor did up in Manhattan because, you know, that's who A. Lee scored the 61, 62 points against. She, she beat Oklahoma by herself. And then Oklahoma yeah. beat Baylor twice. First time it's beaten <laughs> Baylor in consecutive games in 12 years. And so I think it's pivoting more toward that. And I think that they're starting to find their rhythm. But, you know, we talked about injuries being the, the factor for the men. It's definitely death. The Bears have to avoid getting in foul trouble um, in order to be able to continue this run. <laughs> and that's not something that I'm, say, that I'm saying on my own. Like, that's, you know, Nikki Collin has addressed that before, too. And when you look at the final box from Wednesday night, you've got three players who finished with four or five fouls. Sarah Andrews fouled out of that game, and they only play, they only have eight available. And so yeah. that's, that's going to be an issue if they can, if they get into foul trouble. And so that's going to be the biggest key. Um, but I do like that they've found a way to not back down on the defensive end of the floor, no matter how shallow the bench is. Um, and they've made it look really good. And like you said, they figured it out. Winners of eight out of nine. And the one was just a weird, weird day. That was when the ice storm started moving in. Mm-hmm. Uh, OU got to the arena late. And it, just, it was just the perfect storm. But I agree with you. I think I think the, the Baylor women's team is starting to figure it out. I think that this is a, a West Virginia team coming in tomorrow that's always physical. And so how, how do they handle that type of play with a shallow bench? Yes, West Virginia is not going to win a national championship this year, but they're still physical. They still go yeah. out and play the same style that they always have. And so how are they going to handle that with the shallow bench? Yeah, well, it'll be interesting, and uh, I've got a little story idea for you, Curtis, that I'll tell you uh, off air, but if you have anybody uh, in College Station, like any of your buddies from college or your buddies in the industry, um, you might want to have somebody kind of uh, deploy somebody, okay? But I'll I'll tell you the rest. Uh, I'll tell you the rest off air, but uh, there's some interesting stuff brewing for this weekend in College Station, and uh, you may, Channel 6 may want to be on this story, all right? That's all. I'll just kind of tease it that way, and then I'll, I'll tell you the rest while you're, while you're doing some drywall here in a second. I have no doubt that Sunday's going to get interesting in College Station. No <laughs> doubt in my mind. <laughs> all right. I didn't want to get too far into it. But, uh, all right, well, great to, uh, great to visit with you. Tell your dad I said, hey. Uh, and thanks for for letting you be on the air uh, and uh, and kind of covering for you. I know he did some great work, and I know you were hoping you could stay on long enough with me that maybe he would be finished. But I, I, I'm told he's left a little bit of work for you. So uh, uh, good luck the rest of the way, Curtis, and uh, enjoy your weekend. I hope to see you at the Farrell Center. Oh, I know he left plenty of work for me. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> All right, there he goes, Curtis Quillen. The, uh, the sports director at Channel 6, KCEN.